homily for the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time. St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks, February 12th, 2023. This weekend, our parish is introducing the annual God's Gift Appeal with the showing of the diocesan video. Commitment weekend is the 25th and 26th of February, but people are welcome to donate and to make their pledges anytime online by going to the website fargodiocese.net and clicking on the link Donate at the top of the page. Those who are unable to join us at Mass this weekend are able to view the video for themselves on that same webs website and webpage. For the remainder of our time today, I want to share some reflections from a previous year regarding the scripture readings for today. Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That was an alarming thing for the people to hear. After all, the scribes and Pharisees were experts on the ins and outs of the commandments, weren't they? Religious things were their life's passion. And here Jesus is saying that we need to surpass them just in order to be saved? To his audience, that must have sounded like an impossible feat. It would have been like saying that you and a doubles partner would need to beat Venus and Serena Williams in their prime on the tennis court. Jesus' words are demanding, but not for the purpose of comparing ourselves to one another. The point of this discourse is to completely reshape our way of thinking about morality. Jesus thinks we are capable of far greater standards than we sometimes do. The first thing we need to do is to clarify what place the law occupies in the teachings of Christ. Many people these days equate freedom with throwing the rules off their shoulders and struggling against oppression. In pop music, examples of this attitude abound. I fought the law, and the law won. When I fight authority, authority always wins. The law of Moses shaped the nation of Israel, instilling this identity as the chosen people of God. It gave them higher aspirations than living only for themselves or only for today. But the details of the Mosaic law were heavy on thou shalt nots and prohibitions. It was like an electric fence around a pasture to keep us penned inside. Listen to St. Paul's explanation from his letter to the Galatians. The law was our guardian until Christ came, so that by faith in him we may be justified. But now that faith has come, we are under that guardian no longer. St. Paul well understood that Christ fulfills the law by embodying and vividly illustrating the full scope of the law. Our freedom comes through Christ, and the person who tries to live a life free from obligations is not in the end truly free, but will become a servant to something. In today's gospel, Jesus does not discard the law. He says that I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. Neither does he put a rubber stamp on the precepts of old as they've always appeared. Instead, 
He expands our imagination so that we can grasp the internal, internal impact of the law in our hearts. We might say that Jesus illuminates our path by himself being the way for us to follow. Only someone with divine authority can set forth the pattern Jesus establishes here. You have heard that it was said, A, but I say to you, B. What he did was to show that the Christian way of life consists not of avoiding the biggest pitfalls, but of surrendering everything. When you examine your conscience by saying, I haven't killed anyone, so that means everything's fine, have you done a good and thorough job of it, or is there much more that we need to examine? Think of pole vaulters competing in the Summer Olympics. They have to set the bar very high and make the best effort of their lives to win a medal. The, that height is the most they can achieve, not the least. If the best I can say is that I haven't killed anyone, I'm setting the bar embarrassingly low. Consider how our Lord's teaching changes conventional ways of thinking. I like to call the Ten Commandments a recipe for life because they do much more than to steer us away from what is bad. They also point the way to what is true and good. Behind every commandment is a corresponding virtue that must be alive in our hearts. For example, keeping the fifth commandment means both avoiding the taking of a life and avoiding the hatred in our hearts that can spiral out of control. It calls us to a love and respect for every life, not just my own. It calls us to resolve our disagreements while we have a chance. Or again, when God asks that I refrain from committing adultery, it means that I also need to ask the Holy Spirit to root out the ways that lust would pollute and take custody of my heart. Steering clear of the whoppers in our lives is one thing. But bringing Jesus into the gory details of who we are, and having him claim all of me, is quite another. I don't want to make light of this. Removing those costumes, those disguises, can be hard work because it requires us to be vulnerable and allow God to change a part of us that we may not want to have changed. So let's ask ourselves whether we are guilty of walling off a part of our lives to Christ. Can I maturely invite the Lord into the brokenness of my life in order for him to heal it inside and out? Do I believe that with the help of God's grace, as we reflected on last Sunday, I can be the salt of the earth and the light of the world? Amen.